listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 71 on Ed Reach, the art story of Bastion. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, September 29th, 2012. Ed Gamer's part of the Ed Reach Network. Ed reached at US giving education a voice. An enormously big voice. It sounds like it, Jerry. Thank you. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. Y mi nombre es Jerry. And Jerry? Yes. Explain yourself. My name is Jerry James. I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois, which is northwest suburbs of Illinois, not uh, not southern Illinois like my counterpart. Right, southern geography lesson. My name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois, which is right smack dab in the center of the state. The southern part of the state. Good. Jerry is in southern Illinois, which we've talked about many times before. <laughs> hey, Jerry. Hey. Oh. What? Huh? Any cougar? <laughs> cougar sightings. Apparently there's a few in Schaumburg, or one, at the main intersection in town, which is very odd because it's an incredibly busy intersection. So this cat, right, is in the middle of the intersection. Right. We're talking uh, live animal cougar. Directing traffic. Yep. Just uh, kind of, I think he was seen last seen with the Cheetos guy. <laughs> and yeah. ain't he being cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> It's Chester, by the way. Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, some cougars up in the northern part of the state. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'll make their way down there. Just you wait. I'm sure. They'll just head down I-55. <laughs> Probably <laughs> hitchhiking. Take a Peoria charter and <laughs> down. Right, right. Probably coming with the students on Sunday. <laughs> coming back from Chicago, coming to Illinois State University. So, um, hopefully... I'm hoping our audience can tell a big difference, but the micro- A big difference. Difference. Um, so got a new microphone a while back and everything seemed to be working okay. And then I updated, did an update to Pamela, which is Pamela for Skype. It's a wonderful program. Can record uh, the professional version, which is like maybe $25, $30. Can record unlimited amount of you know time and I guess it just depends on the space that you have in your computer. It's done a wonderful job. Well, for some reason, within the settings, once it updated, it actually had my microphone set as a uh, Microsoft, I guess it was going through Microsoft software, like a sampler of some sort. Mm -hmm. That's what it was using to record. And <gasps> so when, I'm sorry, I was just trying to add some dramatics. Gotcha. So when Jerry and I were, when Jerry was talking and I, I would try to talk over, it kind of cut me out. Jerry sounded wonderful, of course. As so, always. As he always does. So now you should be able to talk over one another and have banter and, and you should be able to hear me, which actually might turn away some people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to go back and fix those settings on your computer. Well, maybe it was, you know, increased listenership was because you couldn't, you couldn't hear me when Jerry was talking because you wanted to hear Jerry. <laughs> so we it was just a simple setting, and hopefully, hopefully this recording, when I go back through, will sound wonderful. Yay. Yay. Your game, Jerry? Taking off. Taking off. Extremely exciting. We had a first uh, 
first meeting this week, it was like the <clears throat> the main members, you know, that are going to put this whole thing together. I cannot tell you. So since this is not a paid position through my club or through my school, uh, it, it the school sponsors it legally because we give the, the kids a spot to meet, but it doesn't fund it or, you know, they won't give them any money. They won't do anything for them. They'll let them hang signs and make announcements about it. Um, but there's kind of a, you know, holding pattern on starting new clubs at this point because of the cost that's usually associated with them. Right. So anyway, and I don't get paid to do this. I just volunteer my time. So to do that, um, they're supposed to run the club. And so this has kind of been like an ongoing argument in our school because they really want to, um, they really want to force the students to step up and run these clubs as opposed to having staff members, you know, still initiate all the conversations and things like that. But I've got to tell you, the kids that came out for this gaming club are ridiculously um, organized, motivated. Uh, they have it all set up. They're excited. We've got the games we're going to teach in the first week. They hung up signs, um, which they copied and they printed out and uh, they got approved. They did everything about it. I've, I've already had uh, four to five teachers in the school email me about you know students asking about it they want to come out and join which is awesome Great. yeah um ironically which is very cool about this uh two of those teachers were uh, special ed teachers with students that even had like one-to-one -one aids um and you know that's that's kind of one of the things we talked about with the club with the people that were founding it is yeah it's an awesome place to play and to interact with our friends but uh they also wanted to give students an opportunity you know have kids that that felt like they couldn't really participate or or didn't feel comfortable participating in other social activities in the school or were very quiet or you know didn't have a ton of relationships within the school they wanted to give those kids a chance to come out and it, it looks like that's happening which is awesome that it gives an area where they feel comfortable mm -hmm. and games uh give that avenue it, it doesn't matter what your social class is doesn't matter, you know, what race you are. It doesn't matter if anything. It's just a, it's a, it's an area of common bonding. Yeah. An area where you have common interests and you can socialize. And when we went to Gen Con, you saw it, Jerry. Yeah. There was anybody and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And love it because it, you don't, you, you feel good about it, but you, you're not judged. Yeah. And just there to have fun. I've also had three teachers ask me about this club, not for their students, just because they want to come hang out. You know, people I didn't even know were like serious into some of these games. You know, one of them was a huge magic player and I, you know, we had no idea. And then we started talking about the podcast and other things like that. So, you know, it, it truly does open a lot of doors. It, it's interesting. We never give, we, we always say that's a positive thing about gaming. You know, the, oh, the collaboration and the, and the getting kids out and kids that might have a problem communicating one area or another. But we never really look at the, the drastic numbers. I mean, it definitely does that. It's not just some kind of, you know, I don't know, something something we toss in with gaming as a positive or something we try to twist, you know, to make gaming work. It it truly does bring out a lot of students. So I'm excited. We've got uh, We've got our. Our first meeting all set up. I'm not sure how many people are going to show up, but I'm excited. And we've got a, we, oh, we, we also had 
uh, a company that's going to donate a couple games to us. Um, we're still working on our gaming shop in the, the area, but one of our favorite games, Zach, or one of our favorite gaming companies, uh, one of the games that I ran into at Gen Con was called Snake Oil. So it was a cool game, and it's like a community game, and it involves a lot of like acting. You know, the ultimately you get two random cards, and you have to give a sales pitch to somebody about why they need these two cards. And it has the two cards have to be put together, and it's like a ridiculous combination. It's like, you know, Kleenex monster. You know, and you have to convince someone that they need a Kleenex monster to run around and help clean up all the dirty Kleenexes laying around. So it's really fun for kids, you know, and it gets the creativity going. But I emailed them to tell them how much I liked it, that we were starting a game club and asked them if I could where I could recommend that the kids, you know, if I could pick one up for the club. Um, and so this this goes through. It's out of the box. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, they're the publishing company, and they said, well, we don't have them in any Chicago stores, but we would be happy to send you a copy to use for your gaming club, which is awesome. So uh, thank you to those people at Out of the Box, and um, also to the people that made the Snake Oil game for making that happen. So I'm really excited to share that with the students, and uh, I will give a full review of how Snake Oil goes over after our uh, after we get it in and get some kids playing it. Yeah, I think we need to... Um... We got to get. I got to get a connection because you know I think we have different aspects of, of gaming, so we need to get a, a, a few free games down to <laughs> in Central Illinois to me, so I can try them out within the classroom. And you're really making me think because things have settled down a little bit. I need to get my gaming club going on after school, whether it's computer games or or board games and such. And uh, I would love to. I would love to do that. But I do have to tell you, I think the Kleenex Monster. <laughs> And you, it steals Kleenexes. <laughs> Very good. It's created by the Kleenex Corporation. <laughs> so, around stealing, it's a conspiracy. They go around stealing Kleenexes in boxes, so you have to go out and buy more. Yeah, because you know what? There's always only one Kleenex in the bottom, like right when you need it. There's like, oh, here's that one last Kleenex. Now there's none. Go buy more. You know the worst monster though? What? Is the toilet paper monster? Man. You know, I've lost several socks because it was out of toilet paper. Sock? <laughs> okay, that took me a second. Sorry, I was a little slow. <laughs> that was good. You know what? I got to say one more thing before we move on. One of the amazing parts about this gaming club, and I think one of the things that, that's been the biggest relief for me, and and you know I love technology, and everyone on this website knows that we love technology and we use technology frequently, but there's a lot that goes into setting up technology, you know, and, and I think we could both fairly say that that's one of the things that holds a lot of people back from using it is the amount of time that you have to spend into setting a lot of these things up. Um, and then this is the polar opposite. You know, it's, it's awesome to have this club and just be worried. Like I'm more worried about how much Mountain Dew and Doritos I'm going to get for the club than I am like getting stuff installed on computers, which is, I'm not holding it against any kind of technology. We we know that, but it's just a nice breath of fresh air to be, you know, analog for once and uh, a little more worried about the community. Well, and I'm, it's, um, I'm sorry. I was looking up. A... <laughs> Andy's on the spot. Yeah. Sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> I was just saying that as much as I love technology, it's awesome to have a club that, 
my my biggest concern is how much food to get for them or or where we're gonna meet or not technology concerns you know it was just like you know one of the things that i'm trying to do in my <laughs> thank you jerry yeah uh, trying to do my uh tutorial which is like an advisor advisee time is have the students learn settlers of Catan, of Catan, settlers of Catan. And the problem is, is that the board is, is flexible and it's, it's, uh, these hexagons and, or octagons. Oh crap. Um, yeah. and you have to put them together in a certain order or you can just do it randomly. So it takes a while for that to be set up, but magic and other games like that, or board games that are already, the board's already set up. That's, that's a little bit easier, but some of the games that I really get into and there's simple games, which out of the box does a wonderful job with, and then you get to the more complex games. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that gets a little setup time can be a little bit longer, but once they learn, and the process of learning is is so important. Yeah. Um. That once that's done, then you're you're in good shape. Yep. Sorry, I was trying to remember how to say Salondia. Salondia. <laughs> Why would you be saying that? Dia. What? Why would know. you be saying that? Uh, well, it's what you're going to talk about next. giving you a lead into our next story. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm doing this show by myself. You are at times. <laughs> you're at times. I'm kidding, of course. Kind of, uh, you know, yeah, a little scatterbrained this morning. Go ahead. So you, <laughs> you, took, um, you bought the iPad version, the iOS version of Bastion, and we talked a little bit about that last week. Yeah. So you've played it a little bit. What's your What are your thoughts? All right. Well, I did it for two reasons. One, because we were talking about it. Two, because I have this severe issue with not actually handing money over for things and then just buying them. That's why I've cut myself off of Amazon.com for a little while. It doesn't seem like you're buying it if you don't hand anyone the money. But two, actually, I think that was one and two. Okay, either way. The third one is I really wanted to get a hang of a game that was on iPad that was going to use you know, the virtual buttons and, and things like this. And um, <clears throat> I wanted to just see how long I would stick with it and what frustrations I would have and and stuff like that. And uh, I'm pretty amazed. Bastion is awesome. Uh, it, they, it gives, I give it, I give it two thumbs up and only because I don't have a third thumb. Otherwise, I would consider giving it a third thumb. That third thumb would be um, my love, which I will try to speak, I will speak strongly about, but briefly, um, the art behind it is awesome. I mean, sometimes these video games can be, sometimes the games, uh, when they're shrunk down to iPad, can either be, it's funny I say shrunk down to iPad, but, um, you know, when they're condensed, I guess, you, you get uh, either, you know, you usually sacrifice something somewhere, you know, maybe things become more crowded on the screen or your colors you know, we, we know the screen resolution, everything's great, but to try to, you know, make clarity in the game of where you're going, sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll cut back on those things. But uh, Bastion is absolutely beautiful. They do this cool thing, this blur in the background, and then, um, it, you know, it's very easy to navigate throughout the game, which is kind of cool. Um, it's a pretty simple tapping system. You know, you're tapping where you want your guy to go. Uh, very easy learning curve. Did you, I mean, so you're tapping where you're going because there was two modes, right? One was tapping the space where you want your player to go. The other one right. was like the virtual uh, joysticks. It, it's kind of a combo of the two. Like you don't use the virtual joysticks, but you're still using, at least in the mode that I did, you, you're still using buttons on the screen. 
uh, which is the only time it comes a little confusing is because like I, I'm tapping where I want guys to go. So I'm holding the device with one hand and tapping with the other. And then when you're interacting with something, you know, like you might be shooting at something or it's shooting back at you to put a shield up, you got to kind of, you know, dodge your hand around to, to touch your shield, you know, to, to put it up. So it, it times again, something I think I'd get used to very quick, but just a, you know, little bit, I, I was, I was a little frustrated at one point, but I didn't give it enough time to get used to it yet. So those people that haven't seen it, we'll have links and everything for it. But what? Um, it's not first person. No. It's third. not side scroll. Huh? It's not a side scroller. No. You know, like Mario. Right. So how is it? Give me the art. It's angle. it's actually very cool. It's um and and I was gonna get into this as you as you get into, um, the sound, the narration of the game is incredible, and you have to play it with headphones on. Even the crappiest headphones will do, but you have to play it with headphones on. Coming out of the iPad speaker is a different world than when you put the headphones on um, because of how close it is to you, but also because of uh, they've done an amazing job. First of all, they, they have the perfect voice for a narrator, and we should probably find out who it is because I want him to narrate the rest of my life. <laughs> um, it works well because he calls the main character the kid. And so he's narrating exactly what you're doing and it, you're not used to it because usually a, a narrator is like, um, I mean, like usually a narrator is like, the only thing I can think of is it's like, like stock footage. You know what I mean? Like as you start a level, it's something that they always describe at the start of the level. Right. Does that make sense? So like, you know, it'd be like, oh, in the first days of something, you know, and your little character's walking out, but he's narrating what you're doing. Like the yeah. kid falls from the sky and picks, looks to the bow to the left of him to pick it up, you know? And it's like, it's awesome. It, like you, you don't even understand that he's, he's doing whatever you're doing, which is really cool. Um, and then uh, there's, there's some fantastic little sur surrounding stuff that you would never hear without the headphones. We used to call it noise candy, you know, ear candy. Um, when we did recording, it's like fantastic little stuff that, that you, you've got to hear through headphones. But anyway, as you're doing that, um, the game kind of leads you along by creating, uh, this path for you to go along, you know, and it like, it, it's kind of like a fog of war type of thing. You get to the edge and it builds some more, you know, leading you to, to where you should go next. And there, there's sometimes choices, you know, you can like choose one way or the other, but, um, it's pretty obvious where you're supposed to go. Uh, so that's, that's awesome for the gameplay. I really like that. Well, as I was seeing here, I was just looking for it. I think it's, um, there's like 3000 lines of that were spoken. Oh, the narration. Yeah. And so from him just standing around and he makes some comment like he's he's really taking his time or something, you know, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. He's telling you, get going. Yeah, get it's going hilarious. On. He calls him the kid. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. like if you just stand there long enough, you're like, the kid's really taking his time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very funny. It, it, it's cool. It reminds me almost of uh, Gladys with Portal, like in a very different way, but still in a way that it's, you know, a little this bit of humor. This is more with uh, whatever your actions are, it, yeah. it it's mentions, it says a line as you're going along. So it's it feels like he's basically narrating your 
your story. Yeah, it feels like he's coming with you, which is the coolest part. You know, it's like it's like, oh, me and the narrator are kind of going <laughs> going along here. But I, you know, I guess that would be a good thing, like where Gladys, you know, gives you kind of like these these uh, stock things that come in at certain times. Like this is very, very much everything you do affects what the guy is saying, which is cool. So it's, um, you know, it's basically, okay. As I was asking before, it's, it's kind of 2d, but it's, it's kind of angled. Yeah. It's a 3d easy to understand. It doesn't, it, it reminds me of one of those games where like, um, kind of like the, the tilt games, uh, with like a ball in a in a maze or something, and you're trying to tilt it around to to run the ball, you know, like into the area. But there's no tilt to it, and you never feel like you're falling off of the land. Um, pretty easy to control. Uh, so, it, yeah, I I like the design. Yeah, and the the language arts piece is the the story that's being told because, you know, this this land. Uh, you know, it's had a what they call a calamity, and you're basically going out there as the kid and trying to put everything back together. And you're yeah. figuring out the story as you're going along. And of course, there's twists and turns, and won't get into that. But um, it's you're basically your whole purpose is to put this back together. So how do you use this in the classroom? Um, first of all, you know, I think the only thing that got me was. Is it is computer violence, so it's it's really not bad compared to you know other things out there. But the you know there's mentions of ales and things like that, so you you know it's cool and above. I'd say it would be fine. Yeah, you you probably have a um, a stricter filter in your brain from being in uh, middle school. Um, I didn't notice any yeah. of it at all. Yeah. So I I think uh, definitely at a high school level, and it's a uh, it's you know it. it the motivation is there all by itself. If you get a kid started, it's going to be harder to pull them away from it than anything. Do narration. You know, I'm thinking of writing. You know, so you're narrating. You know, you have the narrator that's talking over, but the kid, you know, you as, or you as a student would play this, and you could write down, you know, jot down some notes after you're done, and basically narrate your story and tell what's. Um, I could give that as a writing assignment. Okay. Yeah through the first part here and I want you to narrate this for me and tell me what what is going on in the story and then you can have discussions and we do our collaborative reasoning groups and and so the kid the, the students can discuss what's going on and and kind of flesh everything out and then they can write their own um, narration of what they've done I saw I could see that for especially for you in art class I could definitely see it for language arts and storytelling yeah so and then <clears throat> You know what's actually happened. What actually happened to this? You know, you can do some predicting in that too. I was just just yeah. thinking. So next story. That was that's awesome. Um, you know, I tried to get a hold of. I had a contact. Don't know if that contact is still there or not. I've sent an email. I have not heard back. I've had a lot of that lately, and I'm wondering if it's just me. Yeah, it could just be you. Be me. So I would I would love to get uh, somebody from their press onto the show and discuss uh, the storyline in the game. So maybe down the road because we've talked about it two weeks in a row. Yeah. Unless the, our audience wants more, Jerry. I don't know. All right. I'll try emailing them. Maybe mine will go through. Maybe they'll like you. I bet you'll get a response. Probably. Uh, the next thing that I heard from uh, Tech News Today was talking about this 
it's called BlueStacks, join, uh, basically joins forces with AMD. BlueStacks is basically a company that's uh, put together a platform for Windows operating systems that connects to AMD. You have to have Windows and an AMD. I don't know if it's processor. It seems like you could have the processor or graphics. It might not matter or, uh, you know, a board that has, you know, both on there integrated. And you can download uh, games that run on Android and play them on your desktop computer. Now, it's not just games. It can be other applications, which I'll get to here in a second. But the so basically you go to this AMD app zone, which we have a link for. And you install this program called BlueStacks. And you download, there's games, there's entertainment, there's photo, video, and there's productivity and tools. Now, what's very interesting on this is I'm looking here. There's Fruit Ninja, which I tried out, which actually works quite <laughs> You know, there's drag racing. There's, uh, you know, Duzax. There's, I think there's um, some other big games that are, you know, that they're trying to put onto this. That you'd get on Android. Now it's Android 2.3, which is gingerbread. It's not ice cream sandwich. So hopefully that's something that they will improve. But the ones that started, <laughs> ones I thought that were kind of interesting were Adobe Photoshop CS6. Uh, there's PowerDirector and uh, PowerPoint. So you could run PowerPoint on here. Now, I guess what's interesting, I, I, I don't know. I mean, why... First of all, why would you run this on a computer that I already have off on there? So what devices really could you have this on? And that, I guess that's the question. I know that they're making this for Windows 7 and Windows 8. And maybe you just want to purchase PowerPoint as a, instead of buying the whole thing, maybe it might be easier just to do it here. But you can also have, I think there's a free version within, um, you know, you know, Outlook, I guess, live, um, Windows Live, mm -hmm. uh, the Office stuff. But as I'm looking at this here, it says Microsoft PowerPoint, and it looks like the full version. So I guess I need to investigate this a little bit more of how and why this would be used. Because basically, it's just a Android platform running on your Windows desktop, and you can run applications that would run on Windows. There's documents to go. There's Evernote. There's a calculator. So to, I guess just figuring out how this would be used and why it would be used and seeing if this would actually be fitting for the classroom. That's, I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. So Jerry, that's all your thoughts on that one? Yep. Yep. That's all I got. <laughs> it's a... Well, like I said, anybody out there has any information that you would like to share about how this could be used and why it might be better than something else having it run within Chrome. I would love to hear, but um, I think it definitely has some potential. What do we have next, Jerry? We have, um, oh, you found this one. Mm hmm. Do you want to talk about it? No. <laughs> you talking about the infographic? Just to have something to share with everybody. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it was kind of cool. Um, I'm just looking. Actually, I was looking at it now. You know, <clears throat> it's interesting that I'm glad people make things like this. Um, but to me, it still feels like gaming is trying to prove its place in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I, I just look at one one section. Um, games getting students engaged. It's like the middle section of this little infographic, and it says problem solving, communication, collaboration, negotiation. Four things that we've always known games have done well. Right. You know, and and, and I think. And I think and we've talked about this before. People are always waiting for games to be the like, well, we've decided that there are some things that are worthy of doing in school, maths and sciences and, and languages and, and the core curriculum. And then we've decided that there are some things that might be OK for students and we're forever trying to get them. You know, some people use them in school, but some people don't. It, I, I guess I'm trying to consider like try to consider a school that says, you know, well, math is good. It does teach these things, but you know we're not going to use them in the classroom. Like these these skills that gaming brings up here: problem solving, communication, collaboration, negotiation. I mean, right now those are the biggest skills that people are looking for. You know, the 21st century skills, the um, the critical thinking, communication, collaboration, creativity. That's you know reading right off of what are some of the biggest things that people are looking for in education today and sure enough there they are right on the same thing as gaming you know i, I guess they, i and, and i hate the fact that people are trying to to make it the the one thing that's going to save education because we've talked about this a million times it works for some students and it doesn't work for others math works for some students and it doesn't work for others we try to force it on all students but you know my wife is still terrible at math <laughs> i still use a calculator um and get in trouble I know, I know. Um, but it's true. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, sciences don't work for every student. They work for some students. They don't work for others. You know, I, I guess I I sometimes am angered at, you know, Very. the resistance of, you know, some, some teachers would still say, like, you can't play games in the classroom. That's not educating. And then we feel the need to, to prove ourselves, you know, and really to who. Yeah. To what? To the five people that don't believe that you know this has any educational merit? Simmer down, Jerry. No. Now I'm gonna throw my computer. So, and then when somebody decides to add games within the classroom, they use chocolate covered broccoli, which is basically similar. It's similar teaching styles, regurgitation of information, and you're destroying a layer of computer graphics and, and gaming on top of it. Right. Which so, is why we're here to give people better options. So I'm seeing one of the things here that um, one of the games still hit four decades late four decades later the Oregon Trail dysentery yes <laughs> I love that I did, that's how I knew the word dysentery <laughs> 1971 three teachers at Carleton College in Minnesota created a simple mainframe based program to help teach history in '85 the Oregon Trail uh, for the Apple II had become standard in homes and schools which that's when I played it which I was in middle school at the time I was four. Yeah, you're just a baby. It was released for the Wii, allowing today's students to experience the joy of fording rivers. <laughs> it's, um, But you can even get it online. And I found links that have a version of it just with – it's a browser-based. Hmm. So it's one of those where, you know, here's the – we have the link for you. You can look, take a look at it, share it with – uh, peers, administrators, so on and so forth, and it's just another in our long list of resources that help promote and share the information of why games and learning is such a great tool. Hmm. Jared? I like it. 
Sounds good. That was good. Other than a couple mess-ups by me and you insulting your wife, I think overall the show was quite well. She's went, cool with it. She, <laughs> she doesn't listen, does she? No. <laughs> okay, thank you. She doesn't even know where I am right now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't want to ask. Thank you. <laughs> Listen to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach network. Have a great week. So yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I'm trying out this new thing where it's like it's like choose your own adventure. Like you can put an end to my story. So the other day, my 14 pound Bashan. <laughs> See. In the backyard and. It's- that's not a lot of fun. Especially it when it's a killer bunny. No, no, it was a killer Bashan. Killer <laughs> Bashan. Yeah, that was See, look not... at how good look at how good that worked. We had collaboration and creativity. I, I just didn't like the idea of yeah, it's a white, fluffy dog. All covered in blood. And 